Dear Lord, we thank you so very much for your incredible grace, your grace, your love, your mercy that reaches out to each of us. And we're so thankful to know that no matter who we are, we are precious in your sight. And Lord, your holy word is precious to us. And we thank you, O oh God, for the fantastic messages that Pastor Lisa has been bringing to us in these services. We thank you, Lord, for the wonderful gifts that you've given to Dr. Lisa. And our Father in heaven, we open up our minds and hearts to your truth from your servant, your messenger today. Open up our minds and hearts to the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Feel free to be seated. And, and I want to thank Pastor Lisa here for trying very hard, very diligently to correct a glitch in the computer there. The words disappeared because we have state-of-the-art equipment, but occasionally for some reason, um, even all this fancy equipment decides to uh, take a little nap. And that's probably what happened, right, Pastor Lisa? And there's no better person than Dr. Lisa to try to, uh, you know, fix it. And um, anyway, blessings on you. Here we go. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Well, once again, good evening and welcome. And I think the computer just wanted to hear Pastor Nick sing Amazing Grace. So <laughs> that's why it decided to go to sleep. <laughs> well... There were a bunch of men who went to heaven, and while waiting at the gates there, there were two lines. One that said, men who were bossed around by their wives, and the other line that says, men who weren't bossed around by their wives. Well, all of the men seemed to be in the line that said, men who were bossed around by their wives. While the person who was checking in each person saw there was one man standing in the line that said men who weren't bossed around by their wives. So he decided to put everyone else on hold and he went over to this man and he said, I see that you're standing in the line that says you weren't bossed around by your wife. He said, what was your secret? The man who was standing there said, my wife's over there and she told me to stand here. <laughs> well, once again, welcome to you. I hope you've had a great day. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to John chapter 21, the gospel of John chapter 21. And as we continue in our season, in our series of Now is the Time, tonight's message is titled, Now is the Time to Do Things God's Way. Now is the time to do things God's way. And we'll be looking at John chapter 21, starting from verse 1. And when you've gotten there, if you are able to stand as we read God's word, then please stand. John chapter 21, starting from verse 1, says this. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. 
And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Let us pray. Father, once again, we thank you for the opportunity to look into your word. And we pray, Father, that you would open up our hearts and our minds to what you have to say to us. May you help us to listen and to be obedient as we respond. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. The disciples were fishermen by trade. This is what they knew. This is what they did. When Jesus came into the picture, he all of a sudden changed them from being fishermen to being fishers of men. He changed that for them. So for many years, they spent their life fishing, and now he had changed them into now being fishers of men. So on this occasion, we see Simon Peter and the other disciples, and so he says that he's going to go and fish. He's going to go catch some fish, and the disciples decide that they're going to go with him. All who were there said, we'll go with you. Keep you company, we'll catch some fish as well. The scripture tells us that they worked all night, but yet they did not catch a single fish. They worked all night, but there were no fish. Then all of a sudden, in the morning, they see a figure that they didn't realize was Jesus standing on the shore and asked them if they caught anything, and obviously they didn't. And he tells them to throw their net on the other side, throw it on the right side. Now, in their minds, they could have thought, well, don't you think we would have tried that by fishing all night? There are no fish there. Don't you think we would have tried throwing our nets there? And on the other hand, they were experienced fishermen. This is what they did. This is what they knew. This was their job. Even though they were good at their job, even though they were good, experienced fishermen, they were still limited, they were still limited in their wisdom. They were still limited in all that they did. And in the same way, it doesn't matter how good we are at certain things. We cannot rely on our own limited knowledge, strength, and wisdom. As good as we may be, as wise and as smart and as strong as we may be, we cannot rely alone on our own wisdom. You see, these disciples, these fishermen, they knew what they were doing, yet they did not catch a single fish. They knew how to catch fish, but none had come because they were relying on their own wisdom, on their own knowledge, on their own strength. The Bible tells us many places at many times not to do that. We're told in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. 
Trust in the Lord and do not lean on your own understanding. John chapter 6 verse 63 tells us, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. On our own, human effort accomplishes nothing. But it is the spirit who gives us the eternal life. We cannot work for salvation. We cannot earn salvation, but it's God alone who gives it to us. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 tells us, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You see, it's not about how much we know. It's not about how strong we are and how much we can lift. It's not about the head knowledge. But you see, it's about not what we know, but it's who we know. We can know about God, but that does not save us if we don't know God himself. On our own Our own wisdom, our own knowledge, our own understanding, our own strength is limited. But how good it is to know that we serve a God who is unlimited, a God who is bigger than we are, a God who is wiser, a God who is good at all things, and we can call on him knowing that he will help us. So what about in your life? Are you relying on your own strength? Are you relying on your own wisdom, on your own understanding? May you never rely on your own, but look to the Lord for guidance. Look to him for wisdom. Look to him in every area and he will help in your job situation, with your family, raising your children and your grandchildren, in school, in finances, in earning and saving money, in trying to achieve, in studying, in every area of our lives. May we not rely on our own wisdom, but may we look to the Lord and rely on his. John chapter 15 verse 5, Jesus tells us, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, apart from him, we can't do very much. We must stay connected to him. Jesus is the source of all power. And in order for us to tap into that power, we have to be connected to him. You can have fancy lights in your house, but if it's not connected to a power source, it's not going to work. It's not serving its purpose. We must be connected to him in order for us to tap into that power, that knowledge, that understanding. Because on our own, we're limited, but we serve a God who is unlimited. Amen? Amen. As we sang earlier, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. We need him. We cannot go on on our own. We cannot do anything that is worthy and that is of eternal value. Do you understand? There's a difference of when we say, well, I see this person accomplishing this and this person accomplishing that and they don't know the Lord. And in this life, they may accomplish a lot, but it's nothing of eternal value value because apart from him we can do nothing and so the disciples worked all night they toiled and they they worked and they were probably tired and frustrated and hungry because they caught nothing right 
because they were relying on their own understanding and their own wisdom and in their own strength. So morning comes and they still hadn't caught anything. And all of a sudden, someone is yelling from the back and from the shore and and saying, did you catch anything, basically? Asking if they did, and they replied, and they said, no, we didn't catch anything, just telling what had happened. And so this person tells them, throw your net on the right side. Throw your net on the right side. There are fish there. Well, they could have easily, as we said, say, we already tried that. There are no fish there. We've been waiting here all night, and I think if there were fish, we would have caught them by now, right? If there were fish, we would have. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us that the disciples refused to do it. It doesn't tell us that they did it right away, immediately. It just says that they threw the net on the right side. So, Do you think of human nature? You're in a boat, you're tired, you're hungry, you're frustrated. You know your job, and it hasn't worked. And some stranger is telling you how to do your job, and you're thinking, don't you think I would have tried that? Think about the conversation they would have had between each other in a boat, saying, don't you think we would know if there were fish? Don't you think we would see and hear and we would have tried throwing the net around, moving it around? We wouldn't have just kept it in one place all night knowing there was nothing there. However, instead of refusing, because they could have easily refused and just called it a, a day and gone home and went to sleep, they threw their net on the other side. They cast their net, and they didn't even realize that it was Jesus who was speaking to them, but they listened. They trusted, and they obeyed. You see, when Jesus speaks to us, when the Lord speaks to us, we need to trust and obey even when it doesn't make sense to do so. We need to trust and obey him even when in our mind it doesn't make sense. What he's asking me to do doesn't make sense, yet he tells us, to do it. For the disciples, it didn't make sense that he was saying, after all night, now throw your net on the other side and fish will miraculously be there. It doesn't make sense, but they did it anyways. There are times where the Lord asks us, where we feel the Holy Spirit leading us to do certain things, where we know we must do this, but it may not make sense to us. Instead, we need to trust and obey that he knows best. Dr. William Barclay, a a wonderful commentator, says, he explains this. He says that it wasn't that Jesus created a whole bunch of fish, but rather Jesus was able to see what Simon and the others weren't able to see. It wasn't that Jesus went and created a bunch of fish, but Jesus was able to see what the others were not able to see. And so he says, throw your net on the right side. When he speaks to us and when he tells us, our own limited knowledge can say, I tried that and it didn't work. I did that and it didn't happen. I've been there, I've done that, and I know what's going to happen. But when Jesus specifically tells us, he wants us to trust and obey 
even when it doesn't make sense. The Bible tells us of different examples where Jesus asks people to do certain things, where the Lord speaks and asks, and it doesn't make sense, but they did it. It doesn't make sense that God would ask Abraham and Sarah to move out of their home and country and go to a foreign land, yet they trusted and they obeyed. It doesn't make sense that God would tell Gideon to go and separate the men and only take those who lapped water and only take the 300 to go fight an army, send the rest home. It doesn't make sense, but Gideon trusted and obeyed. It doesn't make sense that God would say to a man who was born lame from birth to get up and walk, yet that man in his mind, even though he would have tried dozens and hundreds of times to do so, when God spoke, he trusted and he obeyed. You see, when we trust and we obey, God comes through. When he tells us to do so, then we must do it. We can try on our own, and it doesn't make sense, but when God tells us it's time, it's time. When God tells us to do it, we need to do it, knowing that if he tells us, and if he calls us to do it, that he will provide, that he will make a way. It doesn't make sense that I'm struggling financially, but God tells me that I should help this other person who's struggling financially with a financial gift. But yet we need to trust and obey. It doesn't make sense that this person who has hurt me so badly, that God tells me that I should go and forgive them, but we should because he tells us to trust and obey. It doesn't make sense that my job, I feel secure in it. You know, I get a decent pay, I have benefits, but yet I feel this prompting to go and to apply for this other job. It doesn't make sense, but God tells us to trust him and obey. It doesn't make sense that, you know, I can barely pay my bills and, and make all my monthly obligations, but God tells me and I feel this prompting that I need to give tithes and offerings, but we need to trust him and obey. You see, there are times in our life where God will lead us, where God will tell us to do things that we may not think make sense, but he says, trust me and obey me and you will see. And so the disciples to them, it didn't make sense that they should throw the nets, but yet they trusted and they obeyed. They went and they did it. What God may ask us to do may not make sense to us now or in the moment, but regardless, we must trust him, obey him, because he obviously sees what we cannot. He sees the bigger picture. He sees what we cannot see. So they trusted him. They obeyed. They threw the net on the right side and were told that they caught fish. They not only caught fish, but verse 6 tells us, it says, when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large amount of fish. Not only did they catch fish, but they caught so much that they were unable to haul it in. The new Living Translation in the account of Luke says it like this. It says, and this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. They were so filled with fish that they began to rip and tear. The nets could not contain the amount of fish. Because when we choose to do things God's way, 
we will always succeed. When we choose to do things God's way instead of ours, we will always succeed. When God tells us, then we know it's time. And when we obey all of that, we will always succeed. God wants us to trust him. And once we do, we will see that he will never let us down because God is perfect in all of his ways. God is perfect. He works out situations even when we don't understand how he will work them out. He wants us to trust him to do things his way. Our own limited knowledge and wisdom and understanding, there's only a certain amount that we can comprehend, but God sees the bigger picture. He wants us to live according to his word. He wants us to be led by his Holy Spirit. He wants us to follow his commandments and his laws. He wants us to trust him and do things his way. Some of you who have children or grandchildren, You've probably seen your children or grandchildren. When you tell them to do something a certain way or you do it for them, they probably are inclined. I don't have children or grandchildren, but they're probably inclined to say, I'll do it. Right? Have you seen that? Pastor Nick, does your grandson want to do things for himself? Yes, he, he wants to do it, right? He doesn't want you to do it. You know, he may let you show him, but he, at the end of the day, he wants to do it himself, right? We all want to do things for ourselves our own way. And we can do things ourselves, but you see, when it comes back to it, if we don't do it God's way, then we won't accomplish very much. But when we do it God's way, we will always succeed. When we choose to allow God to help us, when we choose to allow God to take control, we will succeed and we will see his blessing. We will see him come through. We will see how he provides in any and every situation. We're reminded in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 where it says, "But see, read it with me, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What that means is that when we put God first, when we make him our priority, when we look to him first, when we seek him and put him as the first and most important person, then he will take care of everything else. We won't have to worry, but he will give everything to us that we need. The New Living Translation, I don't think it's on the screen, but it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. May we seek him first, may we put God first, and may we do things his way. Amen? So the disciples listened to the Lord and obeyed him, and as a result, they were blessed with even more fish than they needed or could even handle. They were blessed with even more. You see, they started with nothing, doing it their own way. But when God stepped in and told them what to do and when they were obedient, the key word is they were obedient, then he not only provided the fish, but he gave them even more than they could handle. He gave them even more. You see, when we are obedient to God, he will always provide us with not just enough, 
but even more than we need. He will always provide us with enough and even more than we need. He wants us to be obedient, and when we are, he blesses us with more than we will be able to imagine. We need to understand the God that we serve, a God who is unlimited, a God who has endless resources, who has unlimited power, unlimited knowledge, unlimited ability in every and any way that we can think of. He will give us enough and more than enough to share with those who are in need, regardless God's will will be done, but he wants us to be obedient so that we get to play a part in the miracles that he wants to do, in the wonderful things that he wants us to do. God is able to lavish upon us and meet all of our needs. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 reminds us, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. God will meet all of our needs. We need to just do things his way, to trust him, to obey, and when we do, we will see his faithfulness. We will see his faithfulness. I want to tell you a personal story, an example of of this. When I was in Bible college doing my Bachelor of Theology degree, one of the required courses was that I take um, ancient biblical Greek. I had to take a, a, a year of ancient biblical Greek, and, and so I did. I didn't, you know, I was never a language person. You know how some people can just easily pick things up? I speak English, and that's good enough for me, right? I speak English, and I can get by, so that's good enough for me. I never cared too much. I, I know some French and, you know, some words in Spanish, but I can't speak it fluently. And so when I had to take Greek, I thought, okay, well, it shouldn't be that hard, Can I tell you that that year was an intensive. Every time I left that class, I drove home crying. You know why? Because I was always good at courses that I took. And now I was faced with one that I felt was so in over my head that I didn't understand, that I didn't get, that other people seemed to get. I just didn't understand it. I hated that I had to take it. I hated that I wasn't good at it. And I just hated everything about it right? It's just, you know, when it's, you're, it's just all Greek to me. I don't get it. And so I had to take it. So I had to work really, really hard. I had to put in more effort than most people probably did. And so I was able to, to, to get a decent grade. It wasn't great, but I got a decent grade and, and I got by, okay? So I was done with that. I went on to do my master's and I made sure I checked no languages were required, okay? So I was like, okay, we're good. So I finished my master's degree and I had no intention of doing my doctoral degree. One day I literally was, I was in my office. I was sitting at my computer and I was typing something when all of a sudden I felt the Lord, it must have been the Lord, speaking to me and said, I want you to do your doctoral degree. And I And I hadn't thought about it. It wasn't like it was in the forefront of my mind all of a sudden. And it was just one of those things where where did this even come from, right? And so the next day, I I heard it again. And so I went and I started researching the required uh, courses to uh, 
uh, complete that degree and whatnot. So I was reading. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. Then I saw, well, I'm required to take two courses of Hebrew. Well, I thought, okay, well, I, I don't know. I've never taken Hebrew, but we'll see. So I'm searching through, and then it says, now you're required to take levels two, three, and four for the Greek. So right away, I just shut it down. I'm not, and I'm not going to do it, right? I'm not doing it because I don't get Greek, and I was not made to speak Greek, so I'm not taking Greek. So I decided I was not going to do this degree. It kept going over me in my mind, and it kept saying, and the main reason I was not going to pursue my doctoral degree is because I refused to take language courses. I didn't understand why I needed it. Pastor Nick didn't think I needed it. There's no reason that I needed to take this, all right? I kept feeling like this is what I needed to do. I don't know why. I don't know who wanted me to do this, but I just kept feeling the spirit pursuing me to do this. So even when I went in, so I finally went in for an appointment and speaking to the registrar and trying to see if I could take other courses. So I went in with a plan. I don't want to take Greek or Hebrew, but I will take this, 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 and this to make up for it. Okay, so it's not like I just don't want to take it. I went in with a plan. She said, I'm sorry, but it is required. Everyone has to take it, okay? I prayed and I prayed and I said, God, you know that I cannot do this. Going back, my knowledge is limited. <laughs> my knowledge is limited. I can't do this. End of the story, just to cut to the point here. God has a sense of humor. He really does. Not only was I able to get through the doctoral degree, taking all levels of Greek and Hebrew, okay? But after I finished the college, and by the way, when I graduated with the doctoral degree that I did, I was the only one in that program, in that doctoral program. It was that intense. I was the only one in the doctoral of theology degree that I graduated from. And not only did I have great marks, I was the valedictorian of my graduating class, but the school, thank you, but the school offered me the job of taking over and teaching ancient biblical Greek. <laughs> you see, I don't tell you this to put myself on the pedestal. I tell you this because I understand what it feels like to know that I am limited in knowledge, that I'm limited in understanding, that I'm limited in all of these human ways. But you see, when we commit these things to the Lord, when we give it over to him and we say, God, I understand that I am limited, but you are not. God, I understand that on my own, I can't do this, but with you, I can. That verse comes alive and it did in my life where it says with man it is impossible but with God all things are possible and you see we need to stay connected to him now is the time for us to do things God's way let us pray father I thank you for who you are
I thank you, God, that even though we are limited, we are human, and we make mistakes, and we fail, that you are so big and so awesome and so great, that you forgive us, and not only do you forgive us, but you help us through all of the different things that we go through in this life. And so, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your wisdom and for your guidance and for your direction. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to help us that you would continue to walk with us, that you would continue to lead us, that your Holy Spirit would continue to empower us, oh God, speak to us, and not only speak to us, Lord, but may you help us to be obedient, to trust you, and to obey. And so, God, we just pray that you would continue to be with us. Whatever each one may be facing, whatever each one may be dealing with, we pray that now would be the time where we stop doing things in our own strength, where we stop doing things our way, but that we now do it your way. And so, God, we commit ourselves to you anew and afresh. We thank you for your blessings upon us. And we know that they are so countless, that they are so great, that we have so many reasons to worship you, so many reasons to give you praise. And so God, we do that once again. You deserve all honor, all glory, and all praise. In the powerful name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.